Friends, we have a reading this morning for our prayer, actually, Suyan. And our reading today is from Peter Marty, who is the publisher of the Christian Century magazine, and Alex Bussinger will share it with us. I never cease to be amazed by calls for America to return to a previous era of greatness. Although historians have yet to locate such an idyllic chapter in our nation's history, their conclusions haven't stopped large segments of the population from glorifying the past. Selective memory holds attractive appeal. Warm sentimentality, however oblivious to real experience, feels good. A campaign slogan like, Make America Great Again, can prove exceedingly effective. But one wonders what past era the slogan is referring to. Was it America's legacy of enslaving African peoples, only to lynch numbers of them later? Was it the 18th century and its primitive medicine, or the 19th century and its marginal sanitation? Perhaps this cherished past exists somewhere in the past 100 years, when women still lacked the right to vote, laborers had frighteningly few rights, the needs of the disabled went largely ignored, Agent Orange wreaked havoc, and the waterboarding of terror suspects became acceptable to some top brass. Nostalgia that ignores blemishes of the past makes for shabby history. The ancient Israelites, who longed for the flesh pots of Egypt despite being freshly liberated from the Pharaoh, remind us that glorifying the past is not an exclusively modern or American phenomenon. Anyone from any epoch is capable of shelving complexity for the sake of remembering the good and forgetting the bad. In a commencement address at Vassar College, columnist Art Buckwald spoke about the shortcomings of nostalgia. Everyone seems to think yesterday was better than today. I would advise you not to wait 10 years from now before admitting today was great. If you're hung up on nostalgia, Pretend today is yesterday and go out and have one hell of a good time. <laughs> we might translate Buckwald's go out and have one hell of a good time to read more spiritually. Live the life you have been given now. That isn't to imply that we answer only to ourselves. To enjoy the miracle of now is to appreciate the confidence God has in us for crafting a future. I say treat every hour of each day as precious and unrepeatable. Get blisters. Read something foreign to your brain. Cherish hope. Love someone difficult. However you and I plot our moves, we'd be wise to fight the urge to romanticize the past, lest we obscure the opportunities and demands of the present. Beautiful and terrible things will happen, but be not afraid. 
because this is what you and I are about. We hold hope for each other when hope is so hard to find. We plant seeds that will one day grow. We are prophets of a future, not our own. We can't do everything, but we can do something. So let us forget our perfect offering. There is a crack in everything and every one of us. And that, my friends, is how the light gets in. I know it must be late October when, during our last Thursday of the month staff meeting, there is a knock on the Foz room door, which is the big room over here where we meet, and behind which are 20 children under four in various degrees of introversion and extroversion looking up at us saying, trick or treat. <laughs> they, the children of the ECDC Nursery School, the school has been here for like 40 years or something, and they are at the top floor of the church, and they parade down to the staff meeting just this past week decked out in all of their pre-Halloween costume. And there was a stormtrooper over here and there's a pretty great slice of pizza costume <laughs> and a choose-your-own interpretation fuzzy animal and about seven princesses who blessed us with their wands. And there was a teenage mutant ninja turtle who was shy and is hiding in a shell all the way in the back. Not a one I want us to notice who's trying to scare us into submission because the world is scary enough. And not a one nodding in any kind of a way to the election season whatsoever. Such a blessed relief because, my friends, how many bad hombres are going to be at our door tomorrow? How many nasty women? How many I'm one of Hillary's missing emails costumes are we going to see? They saying treat or tricky vote. <laughs> so I want us just to remember the universalist side of our faith, which means everyone gets candy no matter what. <laughs> At the end, uh, all the kids on Thursday sang the boo song. And I remember that song because nothing puts you on board the time machine into the past like music, right, choir, Sarah? Remembering lives loved here, lost. Remembering our lives because we're never, we're never quite the same as the years go by, we change. And when I heard the Boo song, I was catapulted. I was like shot out of a cannon from the here and now into like 2016, you know, I, now I no longer can deny middle age. Teenagers at home filling rooms that seemingly only yesterday were toddlers. One of them saying sentences to me like, in two years I will leave for college. And the other saying sentences to me like, Dad, I'll just text you when I want to be picked up. Catapulted from all of, of this present time back to Octobers of, of more than a decade ago when the older one attended this very preschool. And with his class, he knocked on my office door because back then I didn't have any staff to have a staff meeting with. 
and they knocked on my door. My office used to be right over here. Trick or treat, Emerson dressed as a knight or later as a bottle of ketchup. Karen made this. And Ella is still a baby in, in my arms or Karen's arms, and she was a, was a screaming elephant. This was Emerson's too. All of them, all of them singing the Boo song. And when I heard the song on Thursday, I was hurtling back through time. I was heart full and my eyes, my eyes were closed into the arms of nostalgia. Nostalgia, a word I'm going to give you, of course, etymology here from the Greek I learned this week, nostos, meaning a longing to return home, as Valerie sang. Sick for home. Homesick. That's what the word means. Nostalgia, this homesickness, tricking me and treating me into the past. Make me a new parent again before the mistakes. Take me to the dinner table before all of us were too busy to sit there again. Take me to the bedtime stories again. Make life simpler and smaller the way I want to remember it used to be again. Because I want another chance at it, right? Again. The present's okay, but the past, oh, it was so great, it was so great. Take me back, return me to home, to that home, to that time, to that land of my, my dreams, right? Says Peter Marty in our reading, although historians have yet to locate an idyllic chapter in our nation's history, this has not stopped large segments of our population from glorifying the past. Selective memory holds such attractive appeal. Warm sentimentality, however oblivious to real experience, feels so very good. Which is why when we're all aboard our respective time machines into the past, it's so easy, so tempting to travel right over the harder times, my friends. The times we wish we would rather not remember. The bone-deep exhaustion, for those of you who are parents, of early parenting. How poor boundaries kept me, and maybe it keeps you, physically present but emotionally absent from that dinner table you long to go back to. Me thinking about work, about church, about you. The date nights missed for no good reason. 
the family member now since died who is so much harder to love than you have ever admitted to anyone, maybe even yourself. The security guards that I had forgotten about till I wrote these words, who in my childhood neighborhood in St. Louis stationed themselves around the streets of our gated neighborhood on Halloween night to keep out the quote-unquote city kids, city, kid for, city code for black kids and brown kids, me not even registering that my own adopted sister from Vietnam probably would not have been allowed to walk there, would have been questioned if she had not been walking with me. Is this the past that I am nostalgic for, that I long for? You know, memory is so complicated, isn't it? Memory tricks us sometimes. Maybe that's why Peter Marty cautions us, nostalgia that ignores the blemishes of the past makes for shabby history. And why Churchill, second time quoted in two weeks, has reminded us that those who don't learn from history, we know this, will be doomed to repeat it. Yes. Yes. So here is what I am learning. Thank you to ECDC trick-or-treating kids. And I want you to learn with me. Because we are learning together here. Whenever I catch myself on the time machine named Nostalgia, and especially when I notice that on that time machine I'm inclined to minimize the blemishes and maximize the blessings at the expense of the truth, my learning is that I need to wonder what it is about the present that is making me so long for the past. You follow me? Because I know, for example, that the reason I found myself traveling so far, so fast, back in time on Thursday is that I'm watching my kids grow up. And though it's true that Karen and I are not raising them so that they will never leave. <laughs> Friends, it is also true that I miss them. I miss them, and they're not even gone. So even as I lose my cool at music too loud and lose my cool at dishes unearthed behind the bed <laughs> and worry in the dark of night what kind of world, what kind of world that we are giving them, what's also true is that I want time to stand Still, I want it to stop. Because for as many sermons as you and I preach together, I'm never as good at making today great as I am at making the past even better. Maybe I should say that again. We are often never as good at making today great as we are at making the past seem even better. And the reason we do that is that it gets us off the hook of having to do something about the present, actually, about the world that we're making now, which is why nostalgia 
Longing for home personally, religiously, politically is so, so, so alluring. And why the question before us is, what will it take for me to make today great again? Or to put it in theological terms that we will recognize, if our goal is not to get more people into heaven, how do I get more heaven into me and in this moment? Now, at the end of Peter's column, which only came out just this very week, and I want to give full credit to him because he titled it Make Today Great Again, and I'm sure he inspired thousands of sermons this morning. He offers us some instruction, and I want to add to it. He says, Treat every hour as precious and unrepeatable. Now, you know, I know what you're thinking because I'm thinking it too. Like, even, even in the traffic hell that some of you will face tomorrow on the Mass Pike, even then, as they take down the tolls, even, even in the DMV, even there, even in the doctor's office as I wait for results, even then, even then, treat every hour as precious and unrepeatable. And then he says, get blisters or calluses on your hands. So often, you and I, especially in our faith tradition, we think, we think that our thoughts are the most important part of us. He invites us to live inside of our bodies, to move, to breathe. Even now, feel yourself in the pew. Feel the air in your lungs. We are alive. We are alive. And then he says, read or engage something that is foreign to your brain. Maybe with me you are curious why someone else could possibly vote the way that they have or will. Maybe you catch yourself saying, how could they possibly Peter invites us, challenges us to ask them or to read or listen or watch what it is they are reading or watching or listening. Lead with curiosity, he says. Do not lead with judgment. And then he invites us to cherish hope. And I want us to remember the distinction that I've offered us before, that hope is not the same as optimism. Hope is something that we have that is in spite of, not because of, the state of the world. And here is something hopeful. Otto reminded of it last week, that there is so much work to do. And if we're some of the workers, if we're not, then who is? And if now is not the time, then when? And next, uh, Peter asks us to love someone difficult. And I'll just give you a moment to put in a thought bubble above your head the face of that person. 
Do you have them? That was easy. <laughs> and my friends, if love seems like a stretch to you, remember my sermon from years ago to forget, lo good, forget love and just try good manners. Just try good manners. Because remember my words that I often say, what seems like conceit or bad manners or cynicism is always a sign of things no ears have heard or eyes have seen. However we plot our moves and our life, says Peter, we would be wise to fight the urge to romanticize the past lest we obscure the opportunities and demands of the present. And so I ask us, I ask myself, as I rummage through the attic finding these costumes, wondering what it is I can do with the time before me. What is the present demanding of you? Who, who is waiting for you to show up? The first day of the rest of our life begins now. And I want you to tell me your stories, please. Email me, and I'm going to call this our Make Today Great Again Challenge. Tell me your success, okay? And tell me your failures, as I have. Because we are a church of second and third and fourth and fifth chances. We get to begin again. <clears throat> and again, and again.